to keep falling in my face. Stay up. Well, mine's been insane today. It's the weather. Oh, yeah. It's definitely it's, the weather. It's a, like, huge season where it looks like a... <laughs> poof. Yeah. The poof. You get the poof going on. It look, look like 70s, 80s-esque. It's the... Like it's, 70s? Early yeah. 80s? It's like the Farrah Fawcett look, right? Not quite. It's Not a quite. little different than that. I don't <laughs> use spray, so... Oh, okay. Well, you know who did have a 70s and 80s look going on uh, at Elite Camp this week? <laughs> who was it, David? Uh, it was Janai Broom throwing it back, playing some big band basketball, leading, uh, leading all players in points at Elite Camp. And it was good enough to get him an invite to the NBA Combine. So, you know, see how I can just do this with anything I can just think about <laughs> at any given time. Um, you know, so welcome to the Hoop Southbound Show. My name is David. Hey, guys, it's Maddie. And today we are, of course, talking about everything that's uh, been going on this week with the NBA Combine uh, starting today. Tomorrow, of course, is the Lotto Tuesday, if you guys are watching this on streaming. So today. Um, and then, of course, we had Elite Camp over the weekend a lot of stuff going on. And then, of course, the transfer portal closed in between this episode and the last one. So we'll be talking about all of that good stuff. As always, uh, welcome to the show. Please like and subscribe. Um, and welcome to Hoop Southbound. Maddie. Elite Camp went down this weekend. Only one SEC player out of Elite Camp goes on to make their, uh, make their debut into the uh, NBA Combine. Um, did you get a chance to take a look at any of the highlights or anything that went down from Elite Camp this weekend? I watched a few of them, and I've got to say, I had mixed emotions. I'm impressed, but also a little disappointed. Um, Janai Broom, just absolute, like, he, he did it. He he got the broom, swept the floor with everybody else. He was killing it. Um, kind of shocked me. I didn't think, you know, out of all the uh, players that we'd seen on that list that were going to the elite camp, he wasn't the one that I had picked um, to kind of shine. And I'm he... He shocked me. Um, some of the other uh, Mark Sears was. Mark Sears played well. Yeah, he, he played OK. I kind of expected a little bit more from him. Um, kind of the same with the other Alabama players. Um, but yeah, just in awe over Jani Broom. Jani Broom played amazing uh, that first game. Uh, he definitely lit it up, putting up, I believe, his 23 points. Uh, he definitely went over 20, grabbed some boards. Uh, he looked like a true big man out there. Uh, dominating um you know it was kind of a throwback to old school basketball everybody was trying to feed him the ball and get him get him in a position where he could score he was consistently up and down the court um in the places that he needed to be and while I was watching him I was just like yeah this is what you want to do at elite camp and how can you improve your draft stock to get an invite to the combine uh, so he did his job and he did exactly what you want to see from that some players that I also thought did well at elite camp were uh, Tyron Lawrence uh, out of Vanderbilt I thought he played extremely well um, he made so he made a really good pass to Betty Ako, uh, that we shared on our Twitter uh, Twitter page and Betty Ako just knew exactly what to do it do with it once he got that ball in his hand it's probably the, one of the best assists that we saw during elite camp um, and then another player that I thought played exceptionally well was Colin Castleton uh Colin Castleton um of course had the hand injury uh back earlier during the conference play this season we hadn't seen him play basketball in a while and then he came out on the floor uh put some points up yes but the things that he did well was set screens um he did a really good job distributing the basketball it was almost like he was a European player out there um he got he did a lot of good things that they emphasize in Euroball um when you're trying out for the NBA so it was nice to see that one of the things, though, that when I was watching the elite camp, it kind of dawned on me is just how much 
AAU basketball has taken over like the mindset of just how we do basketball here in the United States with American players. Um, and I, I know that's kind of weird. It's like we're talking about elite camp, elite camp. That's not the same thing as AAU basketball. Well, you know, the thing in AAU basketball is, is that you play an entire weekend. You get these kids out here who are showcasing their skills from the time they're a young age. And it's all about the individual player. They don't learn these fundamentals like screening, passing, making yourself look, you know, being how to move without the ball. And it's kind yeah. of been pointed out as a weakness um, in American basketball and why the Europeans have been catching up in the game so quickly because they do the exact opposite. Um, and I thought we saw that on full display during elite camp with a lot of guys playing a lot of individual basketball out there where it was kind of like, can you quit being a ball hog and uh, pass the rock, please? Because, <laughs> you know, like some other dudes are doing some work out there, but they they also need the ball. Um, so that's that's one of the things that I see during the games, um, the, you know, during the four games this week. And then I wish I saw a little bit less of the uh, individual rock star moments and more of the uh, hey let's play basketball moments yeah I mean I think that's something that we see um, you know in that elite camp is like you said a lot of show off your superstardom but I mean if you really look at it those teams aren't just looking at hey this guy can shoot this guy can pass like we get it. You've made it this far in life playing basketball. Like you get the fundamentals now show everybody that you can work as a team because when you get to the NBA level, if you do, you're more than likely not going to be the superstar. hundred percent because it's a skill too. You have to improve like bass, you know, scouts are putting down in their books. Like, you know, he can shoot. He's a horrific scorer. He's a certified bucket, whatever you want to call it. And then flip that over your improves list that you know the scout's going to be writing down is does not know how to move without the basketball in their hand uh poor fundamentals on setting screens um things like that are also going to get noted so like yeah that's going to be another thing they're going to look at is your simple basketball iq um but you know out of all those players a handful of guys got picked from elite camp to move on to the combine which started today maddie do you have a player that you're thinking of watching um throughout the combine now obviously you know, we started with measurements today and some of the skills, uh, shuttle runs, uh, vertical, uh, et cetera, that was going down. We saw a little bit of shooting today. Um, is there a player that you have in mind that you're thinking that you definitely want to watch? I mean, I'll definitely be keeping up with all the Arkansas players. Um, out of those, I'm most excited to see Jordan Walsh. He was one that we were kind of debating yeah, on debating. if he was going to get an invite to the combine or not. So I'll be interested to see um, how he does. I feel like, you know, the other players that are going from Arkansas, um, you know, we expected to be there and expected to do pretty well. So uh, Walsh, to me, um, is is kind of like a coin flip. I, I feel like we're going to see a will he, won't he moment here. Yeah, uh, him and Julian Phillips both had really good days. Um, I forget what the event was because, like, right prior to us recording – um, they hadn't released the official stat books, but I remember seeing Jordan at Walsh's name. I believe it was in the shuttle um, was doing well in one of the drills. And so like that was good to see uh, Julian Phillips was doing well in the vertical. Um, so that, you know, there were, there were some guys from the sec who stood out today. Um, so yeah, definitely Jordan Walsh is definitely one to keep an eye on because we'll see how far his NBA career possibly might progress if he's coming back to school or not. Um today you know this is this is the time to find out and obviously he did well for himself today uh from my understanding we'll see more of it throughout the course of the week the player i'm keeping my eyes on out of the sec the most is uh gg jackson uh ton of talent he can score when he has the ball 
What I'm looking to see from him is how he's improved his game from that Ole Miss game uh, in the SEC tournament to now in the combine. And more, most, more specifically, I'm looking for what he does with the ball not in his hands. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see how he does there, and I'm curious to see how he does in interviews because there's concerns about his attitude. Um, you know, there's concerns that, you know, when he was at South Carolina complaining that he wasn't getting the ball enough. Um, and then we've also seen him make some low IQ decisions out there with the ball, um, without the ball in his hand. And then he was kind of thought of as a ball hog. And so I will be curious to see how teams react to him, how much maturing he's done. Um, and he's probably a player that could go top 15. But as of right now, he's in the low into late 20s of the first round. So there's a lot of good that he can do for himself throughout the course of this week. So I think he's probably one of the most compelling players to watch. He's also young. He is the youngest player in this draft. He came to play college basketball at 17. He's not turning 19 until December. So for him, he's a young kid. I mean, I think everybody needs to understand that and that he probably does have some growing up to do. So that's going to be another question is like, how much growing up did he do between that old Miss game and now? And then how much more do you think NBA teams are going to look at him and go, he's going to keep growing up. He's just a kid. That's why he's got these, you know, certain mentalities that all teenagers have, you know? So, uh, you know, those are my thoughts on Gigi Jackson. Yeah, I think Gigi Jackson will definitely be an interesting one. He's obviously got the talent. I think he's got some solid base fundamentals that could lead to him being a fantastic role player in the NBA. It's if he's willing to put himself in that role player position. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, we're watching a wing who we're going to see exactly what he can provide to the team. And he was a player who obviously got points for South Carolina on a very bad South Carolina team. Um, but we'll, we'll definitely going to have to see how he develops as a player. Um, and I definitely think scouts are curious today with the interviews and everything else, how he's done. So we'll have to look at those results. I think Gigi Jackson, like I said, is one of the most compelling stories of this. I like your pick and Jordan Walsh as well. Um, I think your Jordan Walsh pick is spot on because, you know, You're talking about somebody who was a five-star player coming out of high school, thought that he could be a one-and-done. Everyone was kind of in that consensus and then had kind of a lackluster year but got better at toward the end of the season to where that argument of him going to the NBA this season came alive again. Uh, So I think Jordan Walsh is also a compelling one to see how he stacks up against these other players on on a potential basis uh, and et cetera. And if it was just, I was not ready for the game and then I got better as time went on, and now my game is here. So it'll it'll be fascinating to see how that works out for him. Like I said, it did look like from the boards that I saw, have not seen the final results yet on this day in the combine, but it looked like Jordan Walsh had a pretty decent first day. Um, so we'll we'll see how it goes. And like I said, we got a whole week of fun of this. <laughs> for sure. I can't wait. I think um, you know, the SEC players that did receive that combine invite, I think they're all gonna do great. I think we're gonna see a lot of them go. High first round, uh, high second round. So it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, especially as each day progresses, who's showing out, who's showing up. Yeah, who's putting those big highlights together um, that are going to be uh, taking over Instagram and Twitter over the next couple of days. Those will those will be the stories, right? Everybody will be looking at those guys. And it, it's important to note that, like, we may have been looking at mock drafts a couple of weeks ago, and there may still be mock drafts out there that we're looking at. Um, but it's important to note that like Jalen Williams 
not Arkansas's Jalen Williams, but the other Jalen Williams of the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, last year was not considered that he was going to be a top 15 pick uh, coming into the NBA Combine. After the combine, he rocketed up those boards. So there's always there's always the potential for a player to buy themselves some money because they got a job interview coming up this all through this week, and uh, you can do yourself a lot of good by being that front running candidate. So I don't think anybody's going to take Victor's spot, <laughs> but there's some guys out there that can compete for some uh, some placement in the top twenty, depending on you know who might be outside the top twenty right now. You know what my secret hope is, David. Oh, what's your secret hope? I hope that the other Jalen Williams that has declared for the NBA goes to the Oklahoma City Thunder and then we have the live action Spider-Man meme where they're all like pointing at each other. Yeah, <laughs> just all, everybody points. Everybody points at each we'll, other. We'll just change the name of the Oklahoma City Thunder to Oklahoma City Jalen Williams and yeah. crew. Something. I, I, I love that. Yeah, J-Dub, J-Will, and then more Jalen Williams for everybody. That would be a, that'd be a good time. I'm digging that. I like that plan. <laughs> I just, just want to see the announcers like fump, be like, okay, Jalen Williams, pass to Jalen Williams passes to Jalen Williams, Williams. <laughs> and Jalen Williams gives it back to Jalen Williams and Jalen Williams scores <laughs> that's yeah that all too common of a name that's the uh it's gonna be the Dan Smith from uh from uh from Oklahoma City is this gonna be Jalen Williams there's gonna be kids after they won an NBA final they're gonna name their kids Jalen Williams <laughs> we'll have a collective city of five thousand people named small towns outside oklahoma that's renamed Jalen williams <laughs> well they'll be like the dallas fort worth they'll be j will j dub and whatever the new Jalen's nickname would be just in, like aw <laughs> yeah <laughs> three cities right next to each other <laughs> It'd be really good. It would be really, really good. Well, speaking of a player that came out of elite camp, uh, it is rumored right now that he might be headed to the Auburn Tigers, and that is, of course, Tyron Lawrence. But as a lot of people know, and coming up, the transfer portal is closed, and now it's up to the players to find out where they're going to be playing next season and where they're going to be booking uh, to play the 2020-24. We're going to take a look at the biggest moves and the biggest winners and losers so far in the transfer portal right after the break. You know what I like? I like to be comfortable. I also love representing my favorite sports teams. And in the clutch, I am able to have the best of both worlds. In the Clutch Apparel is your one-stop shop for all things sports. They have officially licensed gear from all your favorite teams and players from the NHL, MLB, NFL, and more. They have sports classic tees from yesteryear and beyond. Check out their full website in the link down below. When you enter the promo code Variety Sports, you get 10% off everything site-wise. Feel comfortable with your sports apparel and go over to their website now at endtheclutch.com. And don't forget to use our code Variety Sports to get 10% off. Maddie, the transfer portal is close just like that last commercial video just did right there please go out and support our sponsors please um but yeah the transfer portal is closed no more names unless you're a graduate going in there but we've got some movement this week um some that i thought was interesting some that you know is kind of just the same old same old talking about some of the biggest moves that we saw this week um mazai cease says that he is headed to ole miss um 
but obviously there's an issue there. He's not, this is the second time he's transferred and per the new NCAA rule, he's got to get an exception to get himself on the court there for Chris Beard uh, going to Ole Miss. Maddie, your thoughts on this, this Ole Miss looks like they're putting together two of the best centers out there. Uh, They're putting some giant, giant seven footers around the basket coming into next season. If they can get them both on the floor. Yeah. You know, um, I was kind of shocked to see this move. Um, mainly just because I still don't understand all these people going to play for Chris Beard, but you know, to each their own, um, (laughs) you know, uh, Cease was one of the ones that we talked about, um, being one of the best transfers left in the portal. Um, so like I said, you know, kind of shocked at, you know, choosing a program that less than fantastic this year. Um, even though they do have a better coach, I just feel like there, there could have been better better picks out there. It's it's a step down in the program he was at. It is mm-hmm. a coach with um, some questionable history about him, but it is a coach right now who's putting together a top 10 transfer class out of nowhere. Um, we talked about earlier, you know, a couple episodes ago, what is Ole Miss doing? Why, what, this is terrible. What is, what is Ole Miss doing? Now they've got a couple of players. Um, they've got a couple of people to help them out. Are they going to win a national championship next year? No, absolutely not. That's not going to happen. Are they going to be more competitive probably than what they were? Um, yeah, I'm going to say that. But getting seats on the floor is going to be of concern. But we'll see what happens with that. You know, there might be some underlying reason for him leaving Oklahoma State, or at least when they claim. Um, it's all about right now if they're going to get on the floor or not. Um, if they do, they've got one of the best shot blocking combinations out there in the country. Now, Ole Miss yeah. is a good, you know, going to have some good defense going on for them. Um, that'll be helpful quite a bit, but ultimately it's one of the bigger moves that we've saw, we saw this week, uh, coming in, coming in here at the wrap up of the transfer portal. Uh, some other news is that RJ Sunahara, uh, ended up, he was one of the top fifties that we mentioned last week. He has committed to Georgia. Mike White, not doing bad at all uh, so far this season uh, in the transfer portal. I'm excited where Georgia's headed right now. Oh, I am too. Um, You know, if our listeners have listened a little bit ago, like I have given Mike White huge props. He really did a lot with very little. Um, So I think, you know, as Georgia continues to build, I think Mike White's really got a turnaround on his hands for the Georgia basketball program. Absolutely. And then we got Andrew Taylor committing to Mississippi State, uh, another name. And then there's a piece of news that definitely needs to be mentioned. Uh, Julian Phillips, he's currently at the NBA Combine. Uh, He says it's going to be the NBA or he's transferring out of Tennessee. Uh, That was mentioned before the portal closed. Um, But, you know, we had, you know, no show to mention that news piece there. That makes two players for Tennessee who are not either going to not be playing for Tennessee next year and be playing somewhere else or they're going to the NBA we're going to see how that goes. Um, the other one, Alvera, obviously he did not advance from elite camp to the combine. So I got a feeling he's coming back somewhere, um, but we don't know where that destination is going to be at, at this given second, but for Julian Phillips, he's still alive in the combine. So he could be an interesting get going down the road. Um, with the top 50 that's remaining, uh, Grant Nelson, he's currently at the NBA combine. Julian Phillips, he is currently at the NBA combine. Uh, Oliveira, uh, we just mentioned uh, that he played elite camp. He did not advance at elite camp to the NBA combine. Um, and that's yeah, pretty much your top 50. Um, 
I'm Mike out of Dayton is how I'm going to say that because I cannot say his last name properly as the other other player. Um, but he's a small forward out of Dayton. I'm not even going to attempt to say his last <laughs> name. I'm not going to try. Not going to try it at all because I will butcher that. Um, but overall, like these are the names that we have left in the top 50. In the top 100, there's only 13 players left. So we've got 87% of the top 100 players that are in the transfer portal have already said where they're going to school next year. Maddie, it's, it's pretty much done with the outside of a couple of players. So there's some fight left for like a handful of dudes at this point. Yeah. I mean, I think it's time we wrap it up, play closing time. I don't even remember who sings that song. So one hit wonder. I'm pretty sure. Am I Sonic? I think. Yeah. It's semi- I was going to say supersonic, but I didn't think that was right. So I was just going to leave like that. A question mark, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you're going to have some schools fighting pretty hard for the remainder of the top 100. I think it'll be interesting to see where they end up and, you know, why I feel like, you know, you have some people that are moving closer to home or moving to programs that are, they think are better suited for them or, you know, coach with looser morals that might let you get away with more. I don't know. Who knows the reason why you go to Ole Miss? I don't. I don't either. Um, but it is what it is. Things are wrapping up. There's, you know, less talent in the portal. You can keep going down the list, you know, like you can start exploring the top 150, the top 200. But what you're doing there is finding depth. You're not finding players that necessarily are going to be helping your odds for next season. Um, I, I want to mention this real fast before we start talking about the foreign tours. Um, transfer portal has become significantly more important than recruiting true or false i'd say it's a 50 50 mix you would say it's 50 50 yeah because i mean if you get one of those fantastic players that maybe one and done may not be one and done and you show them you know that you care about them you care about their growth and the growth of your program they may stick around um on the other side you know transfer portal you want to show those freshmen that weren't treated that way um, that you're going to continue on with the longevity of them and your program. Yeah, I would say transfer portal is more important right now on that statement, but I understand your point. But I think as you go further outside, maybe the top 50 programs, if you're not a team that can consistently pull players in the top 100 uh, freshmen who are coming into college basketball next year, your value is more significant in the transfer portal because you have a lot more basketball experience, higher basketball IQ guys who are less raw and more trained. Um, So I think depending on the school that you are, that's where it's ultimately that debate really comes down to. But I think for the smaller schools right now, transfer portal season is more important. And so that's why I'm going to go out and say that there are some teams that have flat out lost this transfer portal um, I'm not going to go down that list, but like you, you got teams that are winning like LSU, who's done very well. Ole Miss has done very well. Um, and then, you know, teams like Kentucky have done nothing out there, but they're not doing anything because they've got how many five stars coming in for next season. Um, you know, it, it's just how how the game is played. And then you get schools like Arkansas who are doing a balancing test. Um They've got two five stars coming in, possibly three, depending if Texas ever releases uh, Ron Holland or not from his uh, from Texas. I don't know what's taking them so long. And then uh, on the other side, you know, they're 
doing extremely well in the transfer portal teams that have found a combination like that. So it, it's really interesting, but I, I would think right now the transfer portal for overall for 60 to 65%, um, probably higher than that. I'm, I'm being really liberal there. Um, that would probably be for the power six in general, but for the entirety of college basketball, I'd say about 80% of schools out there, transfer portals probably become the more significant time period. Yeah, I think, you know, for sure, if we're looking at the smaller schools, it definitely makes sense um, for the transfer portal to be more important. And those that don't have as much firepower to get those top four or five star recruits in their program as freshmen. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk about the foreign tours real quick. Um, There are three SEC teams that have booked a foreign tour for this summer. Um, First off, South Carolina headed to the Bahamas on August 3rd through August 8th. Uh, it should be a really good time out there. Kentucky normally spends a little bit of time out in the Bahamas. Uh, South Carolina making the trip this year. And then Georgia is headed to Italy on July 20th through July 29th. And then right behind them a couple of days later, Tennessee will be making their way over to Italy August 1st through August 9th. Uh, Maddie, it's fun times. Foreign tours. It's good team building exercise. Opponents that you're not going to see. Guys who are semi-professional to professional basketball players that they're playing out there. Um, plus Euroball is just really fun to watch. Euro, Euroball, I don't know if you're anybody here is a hardcore basketball fan. If you're listening to us during the summertime, and I imagine you were, go check out European basketball. It's it's a unique thing to watch. You know, um, for South Carolina, if you can't win basketball games, you might as well have fun at the beach, right? <laughs> I mean, Bahamas sound great this time of year, right? Like, you know, that's where I would want to be at is hanging out in the Bahamas. Um, yeah, get a little sun. Go hang out with the team, do some team building, get some early practices in, get some live game experience, you know, out there. Um, get some of these transfers put together if you're Lamont Paris and uh, put together the best, bas- best basketball team you can when you get back to the States. Because you got, oh, two months to put your team together before uh, before a hard time, you know, a little bit more, almost three months uh, for South Carolina when they get back from uh, the Bahamas. Yeah, and I'm excited to see the results from Italy, too, I think um you know with those two teams it's going to be interesting to see how their team chemistry plays out with the recruits that they have coming in um as well as their transfer portal opportunities that they've made 100 100 percent. all right we're going to take another quick break and when we come back we're going to talk about the state of mississippi and their history in basketball we continue the state by state who's the best um program in which we also found out this week one SEC school, or for the first time in this list, not all the SEC schools in the state made it. We'll tell you what school missed and who ended up number one in the state of Mississippi when we come back. All right, so I'm a baseball guy, and my goal is to actually see a game in every Major League Baseball stadium. Now, I'm more than a third of the way there, and I never buy from the team's websites. SeatGeek is my first stop whenever I'm heading to a new city for a ball game. Now, obviously, they've got some other sports as well as concert tickets, Broadway, comedy, I mean, you name it. And now for BSN listeners, they're actually offering you 20 bucks off your first ticket purchase. So just use the code BSN, that stands for Variety Sports Network. So that's BSN to save 20 bucks. So put that to use for some food or for some drinks at whatever event you are wanting to attend. Again, that code is BSN to save 20 bucks on your first SeatGeek purchase. 
You know, Maddie, I did forget to mention one team on the foreign tours. We've been talking about the guys a little too much, um, but Ole Miss is a women's basketball team. It's also taking a forward tour over the summer. So that'll be really exciting um, there for the uh, for the Lady Rebels uh, and their foreign tour endeavor. So that'd be really cool. Um, also, in the transfer portal, LSU put together a heck of a team uh, for next season. LSU is going to be scary next year. Hey, it'll be a good uh, change of pace. It'll be fun. It'll definitely, definitely be fun. All right. Let's talk about the state by state. Uh, this year, this week, we looked at the state of Mississippi. As I said last week, it's not doing Florida. I didn't have the time to go through all those schools in Florida. Um, so this week, it's uh, we took a look at Mississippi because they only have like 10, 10 11 teams in Division One through Three basketball in the NCAA. Uh, so it, it made for a much quicker research and look. What it did... Uh, remind me throughout the process is that Mississippi has a very complicated history when it comes to basketball and race. Um, yeah, that that definitely reminded me of that um, when I started opening the record books and looking at a bunch of issues. But I will say this. Two of the teams that we have in our top five both ended up being, were both whack schools or we had two whack schools in our top five or not whack schools, swack schools. And our uh, top five traditional HBCUs. So I, I found that even more additionally fascinating is that like while Mississippi has had, you know, in their history prior to the civil rights movements, these very super racist policies when it came to athletics and integration, some of the best, best programs historically in the state were HBCUs. Uh, so it, it was kind of a counterbalance, you know, I, I get I, I don't want to say like that, like, oh, yeah, I can't exchange like a direct exchange. No, 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 no. Do not mix me on that. I'm saying that it's fascinating that you have this side of things that were super bad, but the team that actually ended up being some of the best in the state were HBCUs. So I, I found that kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, especially when you think back, um, you know, before desegregation of almost everything those HBCUs were mainly funded by their alma maters. Yeah. Historically. So you would definitely think, you know, up until 50 years ago, all these other schools were getting more money spent in their basketball program. So I don't know what that says about the other programs, but. Yeah, it, it's definitely, definitely does not speak well for um, certain other programs, but Let's uh let's talk about the top five, and then I'll tell you who didn't make the top five. Matter of fact, let's just start there. Um, the team that did not make the top five, as I was talking about earlier in this show, the first SEC team to not make the top five goes to the Ole Miss Rebels. Um, if you do not know the history of Ole Miss basketball, they're not particularly great at it historically. Um, Numbers would indicate that. And then their best season all time was a trip to the Sweet 16. Um, that is all time. All time. One trip to the Sweet 16 all time. At least Texas A&M has been there multiple times uh, when it comes to their history and best finishes. Um, but Ole Miss just once has made it to the Sweet 16 in the history of their basketball program. So they did not end up making our top five. Um, who did make our top five? Well, the number five team was Mississippi College. Um, Mississippi College, very, very small school. I only knew this existed because of a little show called Last Chance U, uh, which had a quarterback uh, from uh, East Mississippi Col uh, Community College transferring to uh, Mississippi College at the end of his time there at the uh, at the in 
NJCAA ranks. Um, but yeah, it's it's still kind of interesting. All right, so I mentioned in a prior show that sometimes these record books are just a pain to get through, and local knowledge is important. Um, for Mississippi College, this was very much the case because I felt going through their record book and what I could find out from their record book and their all-time team sheets the the information was not easy to obtain but they may have better results than just what I'm showing here what they do have that I could definitively say they had was over a thousand wins all time in their program um they had NCAA tournament level appearances on multiple levels both in division three and division two 56 percent all-time win percentage nine conference titles and they are the oldest private college program in the state of Mississippi um, that gave them a raw score of 87.89 uh, for a grand total of 107.89 for fifth place in the state of Mississippi. Uh, therefore the Choctaws, I again program that while going through the record book, I kept thinking to myself, there has to be more here because this team is just way too successful at this level to not have more, but it was just literally all I could find throughout my research. So there may be some more local knowledge out there. Please send this that way um, because I'm very interested because like it's a, it's a very, it, it was a very interesting history to go through, but ultimately it was really tough to get some of the results. Gotta love it. Gotta love like, it. In this world of technology that we live in today, like surely it would be more accessible. They don't even have a Wikipedia page for their basketball team. Okay. <laughs> That's, Again, right, college fans, that, that's, your, that's your new goal. Yeah, if you go to Mississippi College, you are lacking on the Wikipedia um, to do a baseline research to get you started in when you're looking, um, just to know what you're looking at. Like, somebody go out there. make. I have always said that never cite to Wikipedia, but you use it as a fantastic starting place to build an outline on a research project. Go work on that because like it's bad. Um, yeah, no, I, I I was a little frustrated when I was going through Mississippi uh, College because I didn't know where to look. I had to go through their website. I had to go find anybody who ever had been rewarded with anything, um, like all conference or anything like that. And like I said, some of these schools just don't do a good job keeping the record books together. Um, unfortunately, this was the case for Mississippi College, but it definitely felt like the Choctaws could have been uh, higher up the list. Um, but they I did guarantee well. you there is some old man with a glass coke and peanuts in it sitting on his porch that has every single record from I, Mississippi College, and we just got to find that guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like go find that dude somewhere, bring him to me. Um, yeah. Again, this is why I consider it a draft project. Uh, project right now, and this is not the final result. Final result. Um, because like, if, you know, I, I have decided I am want to write this at, and turn this into a book at some point, but I want more concrete, um, you know, more, more complete results before I release that book. Um, but Mississippi college is a team that, you know, the record book not being completely together did disadvantage them, but the, clearly a good basketball program because they could have been higher was my thought process when I was going through their book. Uh, the number four team, and this is where that conversation that we were having at the beginning of the show for the first time shows its face on the civil rights issues when it came to athletics in the state of Mississippi. Um, and that goes to Jackson state, uh, Jackson state, of course, very famous for football. 
because a certain coach there now is the head coach at uh, Colorado. His name is Deion Sanders. If you haven't heard of Coach Prime before, um, you probably know Jackson State from there. But they got a pretty decent basketball program and ended up with a score of 141.21 in our little project here. Good enough to give them fourth place um, in our list. It was very tight between them and the number three school. Um, it could have gone either way. Um, it really did for the first time come down to a weighted total and what I felt um, deserve more points here or there. It was really, really close. Um, but all-time three NBA first-round draft picks out of Jackson State, eight NCAA tournament appearances, 16 combined conference titles. Um, but what needs need to be mentioned for Jackson State is, and I felt like this was, goes exactly into the X-Factors about the contributions and the history of basketball um, beyond just your state. In 1957, because there was a policy in the state of Mississippi to where you could not play integrated basketball games, they were forced to withdraw from an NCAA tournament game rather than competing in that contest. It is the only time that such an occurrence has ever happened in the NCAA tournament, and they would not get back into the tournament until the 60s um, after that incident. So it's a season really of what could have happened in the NCAA Division II tournament there for Jackson State, and we'll never know the answer to that. Yeah, definitely unfortunate. Something that, you know, you look back on and it just, it, it sucks. It, it it does suck. And, you know, that's, you, you like I said, you always talk about these complex histories with HBCUs, not complex in the, like, in a bad way. There's, there's history that people don't know about. And that's mm -hmm. a tragic story when you come to basketball. You work so hard as a player to get to that point in the NCAA tournament. And then, your home state has a racist policy that says you can't play basketball against an interracial team. End of your season. Officially in the record book, it goes down as a two to nothing loss for Jackson, Jackson state. Um, but I, I felt like that was a pretty worthy um, X factor. When you talk about their contributions to basketball history um, and the story of college basketball, and it goes well beyond just the local community it goes all the way throughout basketball in general especially college basketball um so it, it, it's just one of those moments that like yes the, it, it's it's a good reminder of where we've been so i definitely felt like that was worth some significant points um in the weighted total for jackson state and um, they would have been in the top five anyway but they definitely you know i definitely wanted to make sure that they you know they got something <laughs> because it's a very good history um, it's a very interesting history uh, in Jackson State and program that deservingly deserves to be in the top five. Let's talk about our – oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I feel like those losses should be scrubbed from their record. I totally agree. That's a fascinating conversation that needs to be had is if that if that tournament game should be scrubbed. Like, you know, like if it should be scrubbed as a loss, and I think it should be. Um, I don't know it's if the NCAA – win for whoever they played against. I agree. I, I don't know if the NCAA has ever um, gone back and done that. I would be another interesting research to see if the NCAA has ever scrubbed that from as a loss from their record book, um, because it's a loss they don't deserve to have. Um, yeah. yeah, that would that would be an interesting conversation. If someone's a historian out there on basketball anyway, because they were interested in this project and they just started listening today, please chat us out and let us know if the NCAA ever, you know, said or Jackson State even acknowledges it. Like, you know, maybe it's just not even acknowledged in the record book. Um, so, like, yeah, that would be a really interesting. Um, because if it's still there as an L, that L needs to be erased or have the biggest asterisk you've ever seen 
I'm talking about just Houston Astro size asterisk. Um, <laughs> I could say that I'm an Astros fan um, <laughs> right next to that L. All right. Let's talk about Alcorn State, our second HBCU that made our top five. Three NBA first round picks, 13 NBA players all time, 25 combined conference titles. Um, they are the oldest HBCU basketball team in the state of Mississippi and have the most conference titles by a SWAT team from the state of Mississippi. They came in with a score of 147.93. Alcorn State, very interesting. Um, but there is somebody else that I definitely, when I think of Alcorn State, a uh, player that comes to mind. Not in basketball. Not in basketball. You you lost me at that point. Well, um, I will say it this way. Uh, he was a player that I'm very fond of because he played for my favorite NFL team before I became a Cowboys fan. I became a Cowboys fan because this team left my city. So the Rams. Not the Rams. Not the Rams? Not the Rams. The state operates under a different name today. Mm. Very close okay. to Arkansas. I was gonna say, like the Texas, what are they? The Oilers. The Oilers, yeah. I've got. If anybody ever explores my sports guest room in here, um, there's a ton of oil, Houston Oilers stuff in here. I grew up in a Houston Oilers fan. My mom is from Houston. Houston's basically my second hometown. Um, so like, yeah, Houston, very, very big fan. I became not a fan when they left Houston um because they betrayed us and then like yeah uh Alcorn State graduate Steve McNair was quarterback back then um yeah he was an alumni of Alcorn State um I believe he even coached uh Alcorn State in football not too long ago and it's like David this is a basketball podcast you need to stop right now um but yeah no he, yeah when I think of Alcorn State that's the first player that comes to my brain hey well learn something every day yeah <laughs> It's it's a small connection that I have in my brain to Alcorn State. <laughs> for all these basketball fans, we're learning about football. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, we just throw one out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, but Alcorn State, uh, the number three team all time in the state of Mississippi. Um, thought it was interesting. Um, really strong history of basketball there for Alcorn State. I believe when I was going through the data collection here, yes, yes, it was. Um, they were very, very close to all-time winning percentage they were better than some of the other schools that uh, are better than most of the schools in the state of mississippi um really good win percentage uh even though it's not or ultimately not a bad win, win percentage given for the state of mississippi um mm -hmm. when i looked at them overall they they had the conference titles when jumped off the page immediately in comparison to yeah. say jackson state or someone else but i i thought they were definitely uh definitely interesting all right, Maddie, let's talk about the number two team that we have on the list. Um, and what you said is my, your favorite logo that I used in a graphic this week during the project. Definitely. Um, you know, I saw it. I was a little confused, but then I remembered the ad. The ad. The ad of the uh, the Sports Center commercial with the angry piece of okra staring in the office, getting his HR conversation. Right. Yeah, such a good commercial, right? Um, yeah. I actually used this logo because it worked better graphically, graphic design wise than the actual Delta State logo. Um, but like this one came up on like a student page and I was like, I love this. Let's use the angry piece of okra uh, for the Delta State Statesman. Um, the history behind the piece of okra is just something the students voted on. 
for a new mascot. Like they had like this leprechaun looking dude as the statesman. I don't know. I don't think it was intentionally made to look like a leprechaun, but it looks like a leprechaun um, because their school colors are green and he's wearing a top hat. So he looks like a leprechaun to me, but I don't think that's what was intended. Celtics logo. Yeah, kind of. Um, I don't know, but the okra, I I don't know. (laughs) It's just kind of, I guess nothing says Mississippi to me like a piece of okra. As long as it's fried. It's always fried okra. It's got to be fried. Otherwise, it gets slimy and disgusting. Like, there's not a lot of things you can do with okra. It's got to be fried or in gumbo. I mean, if it's if it's fried, it's probably from Mississippi. Oh, absolutely. Okra but, uh, or not. <laughs> okra or not. Okra or not. Delta State ended up being our number two uh, school from the state of Mississippi for a historic program. Uh, Division two, final four, four NBA players, overall winning percentage over 60%. They are the most successful D2 program in the state of history. And of course, how could you forget about the ESPN Sports Center commercial that the piece of okra showed up in? Um, just minor points for that one. I, I just like that. Um, but yeah, Delta State, uh, interesting program, interesting history. Um, definitely one of the more successful teams in the state of mississippi and when i looked through their um when i went through their numbers out of all the teams in the state of mississippi that over 60 percent is the best win percentage in the state of mississippi so they have the highest win percentage out of any school in the state of mississippi really really interesting uh history for the okra yeah my old um athletic trainer when i was a student athletic trainer in high school actually was the at for the delta state football team before she came to alma so oh i did not know that but yeah when <laughs> I, I came in completely blind when i was looking at o- o- delta state i didn't even know the okra thing um the okra thing was something i learned later while i was doing the research and i was like okra oh that's where the sports center commercial comes from so like yeah <laughs> And I knew nothing about the school until I started the research. Um, Delta State, really interesting. Um, so everybody's probably guessed who number one is um, because I only said that there was one <laughs> SEC school who didn't make the list. Uh, the number one team overall is, of course, the Mississippi State Bulldogs uh, with a score of 204.27. They are the only Division I NCAA Final Four team uh, from the state of Mississippi. They have 14 combined conference titles, 31 NBA players all time, although they do not have an NBA player in the league right now, believe it or not, but they do have 31 NBA players all time. That, uh, for their X-Factors, just like Auburn, they had a conference title outside the SEC before the SEC's formation. And then once again, we come back to that conversation we were having at the beginning of the show about the civil rights history and the racial issues that were in Mississippi um, for um, their policies for interracial games. In 1963, the game of change was um, a big key mark for Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State played in this game in which they went to go play Loyola, um, which I believe is Loyola Chicago. It's just listed as Loyola um in the official book but it's the ramblers so i'm believing that this is either Loyola chicago back in the day um but yeah they mississippi state um they were they were an all-white basketball team playing this Loyola chicago basketball team um that had black players on it and kind of the story from my understanding is that mississippi state did not care or at least they pretty much just chose to violate the policy that was enacted there in Mississippi to not play uh, to not play segregated games and they just said 
forget it. We're going to go play. And well, I lost to Loyola Chicago, but it was a big moment um, in history for a school that is for a, a state that had this policy in place for this game to happen. So it was a big moment in basketball history um, for Mississippi State, uh, even though they ended up losing the game. It's it's a big piece of their history. Yeah, for sure. Definitely something, um, you know, I I didn't know much about. So I think it's an interesting piece of history. Everybody should be tuned in on. And, you know, big kudos to Mississippi State for getting us that far to get even further now. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a good moment when somebody does the right thing. Right. Um, right. Yeah, um, because like, you know, well, Chicago could have been in a similar situation as Jackson State or, you know, Mississippi State could have forfeited the game. And, you know, there's been this question mark around the Mississippi State team for years to come, but they wouldn't play the game anyway. It's um, the little Chicago ends up winning, but it's a great moment for everyone who was involved in that basketball game. Uh, so, yeah, definitely, definitely interesting history. Um, but, yeah, that's my uh, that's my top my top five for the uh, state of Mississippi. Uh, Maddie, your thoughts. Definitely an interesting top five that I wouldn't have, uh, you know, picked out if you had, if you gave me a list of schools in Mississippi and said, okay, rank these one through 10, but um, definitely an interesting history that I, I really didn't know much about. Hopefully uh, in the coming weeks, I'll be a little less busy and be able to help you and learn a little bit more about all these schools and states and all the fun things. Well, I'm going to try to do Florida at some point this week. We'll see how that goes. Um, but that'll that'll be a rough ride. But uh, yeah, we'll definitely get it done. <laughs> it'll be a good one. It'll be a good one. But it'll be a long one, but it'll be a good one. It'll be a long one, but it will be a good one. You're exactly, exactly right. All right, Maddie. Well, this is, of course, another episode complete where we've talked basketball. Um, and here we are. It's the end of the end of the uh, the state of Mississippi for the uh, state by state. But, you know. We're focusing more and more on the NBA draft right now as portals come to a creeping start stop here. Uh, and then, of course, Maddie, have you planned out the shows that you're going to take over for after the NBA draft yet? Nope, I have not. You have not. You have no idea what Maddie is. I, I have not. I am um, not going to lie. I'm kind of keeping my head above water these days. So it might just be one of those things like, after I finally take my vacation, I can have a clear mind and make a plan. So we'll see what I come up with. My understanding, you're just going to bring my wife on the show and just start talking to her for a little bit about mascots and coaches, um, apparently. Honestly, that'd be a blast. <laughs> you would you would come back to a whole new audience, David. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure I would. I'm sure I definitely would come back to a whole new audience um yeah it'd be a whole new world if you if avery agrees to that um but yeah <laughs> listen i'm in a good place right now i did yoga this afternoon and everything else so like <laughs> i don't want to think about what are my you trying wife... to keep your stress levels down right now is that what you're saying like yeah, are you telling me not to stress I'm you out place i'm in a, i'm in a good mental place right now and um the thought of my wife running a basketball program terrifies me. Not that she's not an intelligent person. It's just, it's scary. It's scary. You know? <laughs> hey, me and Avery would have a good time. And our We're listeners would 100% have a good time. Too. 
<laughs> All right. We'll be back next week talking more hoops and, of course, the results of the NBA Combine. Whoever the heck else decides they're transferring and signs with what team. Oh, we're at those dog days of summer, everybody, when it comes to basketball. But we know that very, very soon we're going to have basketball in their eyes in here pretty soon. Plus, we'll have these foreign trips to talk about um, this summer as well that uh, as they come floating in. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. Thanks, guys. See you next week. You're the night sky trying to make me see your stars. The dark gets only Now I see violet. I can feel silence. And the dark's all that I see when your stars have burnt out. Your heart makes no sound I'll find valid in your eyes You'll always be my night sky Sky